Please remain standing with me. I just want to welcome you. Uh, Happy Easter. My favorite Sunday of the year as we celebrate something that is just uh, well ridiculous in the eyes of those who have never encountered Jesus. So uh, we're going to read together. It's a responsive reading. Uh, this is where we come. Uh, if some of you have a liturgical background, you'll feel at home here. But I'm going to read and then uh, you'll read after me. So let's start off here. Uh, Christ is Christ. No, sorry, not Christ. I know that guy too. Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. And Christ is coming again. All right. That was a lot shorter than I thought. Sing, Worthy is the Lamb.
Sing with me. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that He is living. Whatever men may say, I see His hand of mercy. I hear His voice of cheer. And just the time I need Him is always near. Because He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. seated if you like or however you like to be as you pray. Um.
This morning, a small group of us met down at the beach. Uh, there were a few churches meeting together, and uh, ended up being hundreds of us out there. It was pretty awesome. And I, you know, it's, a, it's always good to be at the beach. As you see the sunlight, kind of the first rays poking up, I'm like, I had this weird anticipation, thinking like, all right, God, show up, do something, do something. This is going to be great, do something. And I felt like my that my grandfather was talking to me. And he's like, you knucklehead. That's what he used to always say to me. You knucklehead. I already did something. And I'm already here. And so what I want us to do today is just say, Jesus, this is a, this is a crazy story you've got going here, but Jesus, if this is real, if you really were crucified and then defeated death, and rose on that morning. Do something in my life. And so there's some of us who have already experienced that. And have been changed by it. But as we pray right now. Don't be afraid to ask him. God do something. Do something in me. Show me something. I don't know. Uh, this is a crazy story. But I need something. I need hope. I need something beyond anything this world has to offer. So, as I was standing there anticipating the sunrise, saying, God, do something, also have the knowledge. And, and it really is, I, I call it knowledge, that he has done something. And that he is here. And that there is actual life-changing, transforming power in that. So let's go to him and let's just praise him and, and listen to him. Father, we praise you. You, the defeater of death, the creator of life, and the, the one who showed us that life isn't just a, a one and done. That we're not just snuffed out and then it's gone. Lord, I've only found hope in you. There's so many of us here that we say out loud, God, we only have hope in you. So we pray that you move within us. As you have risen, as you have defeated death that you might move through us so that the world would be transformed in the way that you want it transformed, that your kingdom would be established here, that this earth would look like how you intend to look as, as we live in right relationship with you and each other. Lord, ultimately we need you and your supernatural power to do things that we just aren't capable of, even knowledgeable about. So we put all of our trust, all of our leaning, everything into you. We say, God, we will follow you through anything. As God, I know that you love us in a way that I don't understand. So thank you for being the sacrificial lamb. The one who took all of my guilt away. The one who was sacrificed to cleanse me, to make me wholesome in your eyes again. Thank you for your sacrifice and I praise you for your mercy, for your grace that all of us can just become one with you as we seek you. Lord, speak to us in a special way this morning. We praise you. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, good morning. Man, I'll tell you what. I'm sitting there on the drums and I'm thinking, I look out to you guys and say, what a beautiful crowd. You guys look beautiful this morning. Drew? You look beautiful. 
we, uh, we come to a time of the service where we call this moment passing the peace. And, and the reason why we practice this on a weekly basis is we're reminded that not only are we supposed to be at peace and at one with God, right? We, we, that's common sense. We know this, right? You know, hey, you got to have a relationship with God. But God wants us also to be at peace with one another. And so I know it's just a little quick moment that we have in the service, and sometimes it seems a little sometimes robotic, right? You know, normally we'd say, may the peace of the Lord be with you, and then the other person will respond, and also with you. But we just take this moment to just show a reflection on how it should be for the rest of our lives, right? It's just a moment here that we bring in to just say, hey, to remind you, God wants us to be at peace with one another. We do not serve a God on a world full of billions of people so that we could do it alone. And the worst thing we could ever think of when we're going through something is to think, I got this taken care of. I'll figure it out. I don't need anybody else. Because God didn't design us that way. Jesus Christ, as he even carried to the cross, he needed help carrying his own cross. So we remember that here in this time where we get to pass the peace with one another. So may I be the first to tell you this morning, may the peace of the Lord be with you. Take a moment and pass that peace with one another. Check, check, check. Hey, everybody. If you're watching us online at home or wherever you are, peace be with you. And uh, join us next time in person. We'd love to see you. My name is Garen. I'm one of the pastors here. And I have two quick announcements, very brief. The first one is we want to connect with you. Um, if you want to learn more about what's going on in the life of the church, follow us on Facebook or on YouTube or go to our website. Most of our um, things have Church at the end. So if you want to contact us, office at PONAS. If you have a prayer request, prayer at PONAS. If you want to talk to one of the pastors, Garen at PONAS.Church, Jason at PONAS.Church, Jen at PONAS.Church, just PONAS.Church. But connect with us. We want to find out how we can help come alongside. And with that, at the front table where our name tags were, there are connect cards. We'd love to get to know you. If you're visiting with us, we'd love to find out a little bit more about you. Which leads me into the second thing, which is our Try 5 Challenge. We haven't talked about this in a while, but we want you, if you're visiting with us, to try five weeks with us. We think that God has something for you. And if, 
after five weeks you say, this isn't the place, that's okay. We are connected with multiple pastors in this church. We'll find a church that's right for you because we want you to be where you can be thriving and plugging in and growing in your faith. We think it could very well be here. And I think that in a few weeks, two, three, four, five weeks, you may be able to figure that out. So try five. Give us five weeks. See what it's like. We're going to be starting a new series next week. We're launching into Matthew 6, and we're going to be talking about the Lord's Prayer. And so it's going to be a great series. And so that's a great time to try your five. So uh, that's it for me, I think. Yeah, I want to, uh, for those of you guys who know, my name is Justin. I'm actually the youth director here at the church. And I want to tell you something. Uh, I want to ra- I'm just saying, be careful with the try five. We want you to try it. But Garen did this to me uh, about how many years ago, Garen? About three years ago. I, I used to go to this. I used to go to this church as a youth group, and then uh, in the youth group. And then I left. I went to Michigan for a little bit. Came back, and I'm sitting in a service, and I told my wife, I said, "We're going to bounce between two different churches, so I don't get too involved in a church." And all of a sudden, Garen gets up one morning, and goes, "Hey, we want to welcome you to try five. I said, "Man, well, you know what? Try five. And, Next thing you know, I'm the youth director here at Porter and Church of Nazarene. <laughs> so just be careful. You, God might start to use you if you try five. And that's not, there's nothing wrong with that, right? We get, to, uh, we get to come to a time in the service where we get to give back to God. And I just want to always remind everybody this time is so... Uh, two things. Let me testify because the enemy is defeated with our testimony. You know, um, my wife and I, we were renting. And my landlord, my landlady, I mentioned to you guys a few weeks ago, at a random just put our house up for rent. I mean, for sale, not even telling us or nothing. And if you guys don't see my wife here, she is all but 40 weeks pretty much pregnant, and we're about to pop a baby. She told me yesterday when I was about to leave the house, she said, leave the house, do whatever you got to do, but we might have a baby today. And so it was very, it was like, whoa, she's selling the house. Who knows what we're going to do? And I remember I got up on, on Monday morning, I put all my efforts into finding us another place, and I said, I, I'm, I'm empty-handed. And next thing you know, uh, the next morning I wake up, and I'm, and I'm hit with a scripture verse that says, do everything that you do for God. And he will guide your plans. I said, you know what, honey? We're going to focus on that. We're not going to worry about outside things. And next thing you know, my landlady called me about 30 minutes later and said, hey, I want to let you know I'm paying a fee. I'm taking the house off the market. And that was wrong of me to do that. I'm going to go ahead and let you guys stay there. So good, right? But then she came over one day and we got the house rented and we rented it furniture included and everything like that. And she comes in and she goes, hey, um, you know, we took everything out besides the couch because she has a great couch. And uh, she said, hey, Justin, I just want to let you know I'm still going to rent the house to you, but I want to sell the couch. Now, I can't tell her no. So I'm like, yeah, fine, take the couch out, but I have no idea where I'm going to get the couch from. And I show up to work, and one of my friends from work says, I have a couch that is barely used, and I'm buying brand new furniture. He, he, knew, he knew nothing about this. And he just said, do you know anybody that needs a couch? And I'm like, I, I need a couch. <laughs> I need a couch. Yeah, I need a couch. But here's the, be- here's the best part about it. I asked him, I said, he showed me a picture of the couch. I said, how much did you spend on this couch? $8,000. My couch is going to be worth more than my car. <laughs> it's, it's a re- I mean, it's got the electronics and all that kind of fancy stuff. And I'm like, oh, my word. I'm going to get in the, in the, I'm going to be like, hey, you want, forget my car. Come inside and see my couch, you know. <laughs> the point is, guys, we serve a God that provides for us. We serve a God that is constantly giving back to us. Even if, if you feel like it might be nothing right now, it's a breath that's in your lungs in this very moment. It's the freedom that you have to be able to praise him. And so this is a moment in the service that we just, it's simple. We get to give back to him where I can't just go and pack up a gift right now and be like, take it to heaven and and throw it up there and it flies up. I can't do that. But this is a moment that God says, you could give back to me this way. And so you're going to see a couple different ways on the screen there we're able to give in just a moment. But I just want to pray over this time because it's intentional. 
We do it cheerfully, and, um, and it's just one way that we can show God our appreciation. So, Lord, we thank you so much for this opportunity to be able to give back to you. Countless time after time, Lord, I could rem- I'm reminded of how much you've taken care of us. Lord, I'm reminded of nature. I'm reminded, Lord, that, that the beach knows exactly where to stop. Lord, I'm reminded that the sun knows when to come up. And, Lord, how you take care of us in so many ways that we can't even imagine. And so, Father, in this way, I pray that you bless it like you've blessed all the other ways that you've taken care of us. Lord, we give this moment to you. In Jesus' name, amen. This is what they felt like when it happened. And today, it's how we should feel, too. Because what it meant for them, it means for us. I like that. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. So... You know, it's, it's resurrection. And I get that it can be hard to believe in resurrection because I personally have never witnessed anyone that was dead for three days come back to life. Have you? So I get that it can be tough. There are lots of things in life that are difficult to believe, but it doesn't make them not true. So I thought before we get going, and eventually we're going to be in John chapter 20 if you want to turn there, but I thought maybe I'd give you a couple of things and you tell me if you could believe it. So here's the first thing. Would you believe me if I told you that elephants hear with their ears, but they also hear with their feet? Did you know that? Oh, but you believe? Okay, all right, good, good. 
Yeah, a study at Stanford University revealed that they use their feet for long-term hearing because it's, it's almost like they can feel the vibrations. That's hard to believe, but it's, I believe it. Let me ask you this. Would you believe me if I told you that there are 479 different varieties of apples? 479 different kinds of apples. Well, you shouldn't believe me because actually there are 7,500 plus varieties of apples, which means you could eat a different kind of apple every day for the next 20 years and not repeat that apple. That's hard to believe. But it's true. How about this one? We all know Sally Brown, Charlie's sister. I did not know this. Did you know and would you believe that she is voiced by the former Black Eyed Peas front person, Fergie? Did you know that? Never knew. But I I believe it. It's hard to believe, but I believe it. How about this one? Jim, this is what I'm talking about. Would you believe that there is a French man by the name of Michel Lotito who has a condition known as pica? And pica is um, an appetite for undigestible food. And so Michel, from 1978 to 1980, spent two years eating a Cessna 150 airplane. (laughs) That's a waste of a good plane, isn't it? I don't know his caloric intake for the, for the airplane, but I know that it's kind of bonkers, isn't it? Like, to me, that's the hardest to believe. But it's true. It's documented. Um, yeah. So let's read John chapter 20. It's another account that can be difficult to believe, but we believe it's true. So John chapter 20, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and she saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, and most people assume that the other disciple is John, the writer of the book. Uh, So she ran to Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb, the the first race in history recorded. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and he looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. That's Simon, just rushing right in. And he saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. And the cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. But they still didn't understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. And they asked her, Woman, why are you crying? 
They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize that it was Jesus. Um, We know scientifically, we, we know that there are times of great grief or trauma where your brain goes to its basic form and you don't even recognize common things. She, she was so grief-stricken, she didn't even recognize that it was Jesus. And he asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking it was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary, She turned toward him and she cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said, do not hold on to me for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Jesus, we pray today that you will open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit. The scripture has been read. Now we need a revelation from you. So speak, Lord, we're listening. We pray this in your name. Amen. So I want to take Mary's journey today, and we're going to break it into just a couple of sections. But the first one starts with this belonging that Mary had. So we know Mary Magdalene. You can look at other parts of the scripture. Mary is the one that um, some believe she's the same Mary that broke the alabaster on the feet of Jesus. We're not sure, but they think that there are reports that she had seven demons. That's the Mary. And so she and Jesus have been together a long time. She has been one of those other disciples that has followed. She's not one of the 12, but she has been following Jesus for years, and she has this relationship with him. She found belonging in Jesus that she'd never found anywhere else. She loved him completely. But I think it's interesting that her love for Jesus and her belonging to Jesus didn't negate all of her doubts. She still had questions. I mean, she wasn't coming to the tomb to greet her risen Savior. She was coming to the tomb to mourn and honor a friend that she believed was dead. Mark and Luke say she had the, um, the oils, the ointments, the burial stuff with her when she was going. So Mary isn't expecting resurrection at this point. She is just wanting to be with the one that she belonged to and that belonged to her. He belonged to her and she belonged to him. They loved each other deeply. So her belonging didn't didn't keep her from having doubts. And her doubts didn't preclude her from this feeling that she was still connected to this Jesus. So there's this belonging. And then after this brief discourse with Peter and John where they argue over who was first and, and this and that, then we get back to Mary and she's standing at the tomb. and She's crying. She's looking in and she's seeing these angels where there had not been angels previously because John and Peter barge in, it's just them. And then all of a sudden there are angels and she's overwhelmed and she starts to cry. 
And then Jesus appears. She doesn't realize it's Jesus, and I think that that's a place where I relate a lot to Mary. There are so many times I look back and I say, oh my goodness, God was in the midst of that and I didn't even see it. Have you been there? How you look back and something that shouldn't have happened did or something that should have happened didn't and you look back and you think, oh, thank goodness. God was there in that moment. I didn't even realize it. But she mistakes Jesus at this point for the gardener. Then it happens. He says her name. Now, I was going to pull on your heartstrings, i got to be honest, and I was going to show some videos of some little kids who turn when their parents say their name or people who have never heard before and they have the cochlear implants and they turn and hear their name for the very first time, but I decided, no, that's not fair to you. Plus, I was crying all week. And I was like, this is the best. But I do think it's important for us all to realize that Jesus is calling our name. You may not hear it at this particular moment, but I guarantee Jesus is calling. Jesus calls Mary's name and, and all of a sudden her eyes are open and she recognizes it and she goes from just belonging to believing. She realizes that he's risen and she is by the accounts of the scripture, the first person to witness the resurrected Jesus in that moment. Her doubt had been laid to rest. And her belief had been risen anew with this Jesus. Through the faithfulness of Jesus, her faith in Jesus helped her believe. So she had this, this belonging, and then she had this believing. And in the moment in that garden, Jesus does something. He commissions her. He gives her a new purpose. He transforms her life and says, from now on, I want you doing this. I want you to go and I want you to tell. I want you to go tell people that I'm alive. Now, you've got to understand how crazy this is. In a, in a society that devalued women's opinions, for a woman to give an account, okay, whatever. If a guy gave the same account, well, that's ironclad because he's a guy. And yet, I think it's interesting that Jesus waits for Peter and John to leave the scene before he appears. And he commissions Mary, the first evangelist, and says, I want you to go and tell people about me. And from that moment on, Mary started this journey of becoming of becoming more and more like Jesus, of becoming a living example of what God can do to a person that encounters a risen Savior. This whole story this morning, this whole story is about becoming and, and believing and belonging, but it's all, the overarching theme is this overwhelming love that God has for humanity. Now, I've got to be honest, many of us have grown up with bad theology. And a lot of the bad theology has been preached from the pulpit. I like what was said this week by um, a theologian, um, N.T. Wright. 
He said so many of us interpret Scripture in our lives as if John 3.16 says, God so hated the world that he killed his son. No. That is not what's happening here. God so loved that he gave. Y'all, we serve a God that loves us. The cross was not to appease an angry God who was just vengeful and desiring blood and I've got to have... No. The cross was the ultimate sign of God saying, I love you so much that I'm willing to give myself so that you and I can have relationships, so that you and I can be at peace with each other. That's how much I love you. I'm willing to give. It's an action that's happened all throughout history, all the way back in the garden. God created out of love. Love always has action. Love always has this giving, this giving, this giving. God created out of love. And the cross is another example of God giving out of love. So this resurrection thing, it's a lot to take in, right? It's not wrong for you to wonder, is it true? If you're unsure this morning, that's okay. It's okay if you still have questions. It's okay if you still have doubts. I like how one person put it. The very doubts that we may hold attest to the scale and the power of what we proclaim. So the place we begin in life of faith is not necessarily with those things that we never doubted. Those wouldn't take faith, would they? realities about which we hold no doubt may not be large enough to reveal God to us. So we say without apology, without hesitation, what we proclaim at Easter is too mighty to be encompassed by certainty, too wonderful to be found only within the borders of our imagination. That's why we talk so much about faith. We believe what Jesus has done. We believe God and his word. Can we Can we figure it out with our imagination? Can we figure it out with our certainty? No. That doesn't make it not true. That just makes it godly, otherly. So the message of Easter is that God loves you. God loves you so much that God was willing to give so that you could have a relationship with him. And if you are still not sure, that's okay. Your questions will not offend God. Your questions won't stop this congregation from loving you either. We want you to journey with us, even if you're not sure. Because we believe that eventually, it might be today, it might be this moment, it might be a day down the road, a week down the road, but we believe that God's relentless grace and mercy is so overwhelming that there will be a day when you will say, I believe. It doesn't mean all the questions are answered. It means my resolution is firm and sure, and I believe. But until that day happens, if you're not there yet, Journey with us. Travel with us. See, I want to be sure that you understand. For too long, the church has kind of said it this way. 
We, we want you to become a better person, and then we want you to believe in Jesus, and once you do that, you can belong. Or at least that's the way many people have felt, isn't it? Well, we want you to become more like Jesus, even though you don't know him, and eventually you'll know him, and that's good, and then, uh uh-oh, hey, I like that, maybe we should just do that. It's the right account, so that's okay. Folks, we've gotten this wrong for way too long. And this is the reason it's so hard for people to believe in a Jesus that makes them start here and end there. Oh, we need to become a better person and then believe in Jesus and then belong. Or we've said it this way. Believe in Jesus first and then become a good person and a good Christian and then you'll belong in a community of faith. If that's what you've been taught or that's what you've felt that that the church is saying, I'm sorry. That's not the way of Jesus. Jesus didn't say, Peter, I want you to be my disciple, but before you do, I want you to fix some things. And he didn't say, Peter, I want you to follow me, but before we do, have you had a, a conversion experience with me? follow me and learn from me. So maybe a better way would be we always start from the place of belonging. You belong. I hope you hear that. Before you love Jesus, you belong. Before you figured it all out, before your doubts are gone, before your life is cleaned up, before you act like Jesus, before you've started your journey of faith, before anything, I hope you know that you belong here. And you'll be loved here. We're a hospital, we're not a museum. We are called to be people that bring healing, but if you're sick and hurting, this is where you need to be. And we believe that once you understand that you belong, well, we believe that for many, the journey of belonging turns to this journey of becoming. And as you start to hang around people, and as you start to live your life in community with people, you'll realize one day, oh, I'm starting to change. Wow, Tim's rubbing off on me and I didn't even realize it. I've been hanging out with him, just helping out with weeding, or I've been playing disc golf with Ken for so long, or I've been doing this or that, or I've been hanging out with Patsy and I didn't even realize that I was being changed, but just by her accepting me and me belonging I'm starting to become something that I wasn't. And then I believe that God will bring you to a place where you say, wow, that's not anything I could have done on my own. That could only come 
from somewhere else. And we believe that you will come to a place where you say, oh my goodness, it could only come from God. Only God could change me from what I was to what I need to be. And so Jesus, I surrender to you. I love that you have accepted me before I even knew you. I love that you have started even the process of transforming me before I've accepted you. But now, Jesus, I ask that you'll come into my heart, forgive my sins, and I want to believe. That's a much better way and a much more godly way and biblical way than what we have been known for teaching and acting on. Another way is kind of the way that happened with Mary. She belonged. And then there was this moment in the garden where her belonging went from, where it went from belonging to believing. And she had a moment and We've all had these moments where you realize life will never be the same. You don't even realize you're coming to a crossroad and then it happens and all of a sudden you realize, oh my goodness, my life will forever be different. And she believed and that was the turning point for a person that had been possessed with seven demons, for a person who had been an outcast by society to become the first evangelist to go and tell the good news that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is no longer dead, but is alive. Mm. And she lived into that the rest of her life as God transformed her and changed her and renewed her. So regardless of where you are on your journey of faith, you belong. And I'm, I'm driving this home because I believe that there are some of us here that are still in that doubting phase. Because it's hard. It's, it's hard to believe. I think of uh, what somebody wrote, one of my favorite writers, Rachel Held Evans, wrote before she passed. It's okay. It's okay if you have some doubts. There are other people singing words to hymns that they're not sure they believe today. Other people digging out dresses from the backs of their closet today. Other people ruining Easter brunch today. You still have time to do that, by the way. It's okay. We'll get to that. And then there are other people just showing up today. And sometimes, just showing up, burial spices and all, is all it takes to witness miracle today you've shown up you've taken that first step some of you it's coming back because you attend here or your members some of you are visiting from out of town some of you live in town and this is your first time with us some of you are believers in jesus and you've grown up in the faith some of you don't even know that you understand this but you understand that christmas and easter are the two times that everyone's supposed to be in church so you just showed up today i really believe that we have all different people on the spectrum in this room today It's a good story. But if you're not sure about it, can I just tell you, I believe with all my heart, it is 100% true. That there's a God that loves you so much that God did what only God could do so that you could have a relationship with the God that created the universe. 
so that you could personally know the God who sets the tides on their schedule. The God who juggles comets. The God who knows where every drop of blood in your body goes. I didn't mention this, but one of those other things that's hard to believe, if you took the veins in your body, it could wrap around the equator four times. God knows where every drop of blood in that entire system is. God knows what you're thinking. God knows where you're believing. God knows where you're doubting. And here's the thing. God loves you regardless. You belong. And it's the prayer of Jesus that you will come to know him more. That you will go deeper in this believing and becoming. That as you trust in Jesus, the transformation will take place. Paul talks about it in Romans 12, right? That we believe that if you look through the scripture, if you look through the gospels, very rarely does anyone leave Jesus' presence not changed. There are some that go away sad because they're not willing to follow. But even that, they don't go away indifferent. If you're doubting, it's okay. If you're a Christ follower, I want to give you just a moment. Easter's a great time to reaffirm what you believe. Easter's a great time for us to recenter on what's truly important, that the creator of the universe sent his son so that we could have a relationship with him, that God's spirit dwells in us even now, and that we can trust him completely. So maybe even now, um, let's just go ahead, let's, let's bow our heads. If, you're, if you are a Christ follower, maybe this is a good time for you just to say, God, I love you, and once again, I affirm that I belong to you, that I believe in you, that I've trusted you to be my Savior. And I want to be more like you. And if you're visiting with us today and you're not there yet, it's my prayer that this love of God will be so irresistible to you. That maybe even in this moment you will have this epiphany. That I don't understand it all. But I understand enough to know that I believe. Just possibly everything that God said is true. I believe God loves me. I believe that Jesus wants to save me and will do it when I ask him to. I believe that the Holy Spirit will show me more and more of God and begin this transformation. This belong, believe, become is, is Trinitarian language. Father, Son, Spirit. We belong to God. We believe in Jesus and we become through the power of the Spirit. Jesus, I pray that wherever we are on our journey, I pray first of all that we'll remember how loved we are. Because we all need to remember that. If we're walking with you, I pray that you will help us to deepen our faith and to become more like your son.
And if we're not walking with you, Jesus, I pray that today will be the day of salvation. I pray that someone sitting here or hearing us online will say, I need this Jesus. I thought I had to have it figured out before I could accept him. It's good to know that I can come to Jesus with my doubts and still ask him to forgive me. That if I believe in him and if I call upon his name, he's big enough for me to not understand how someone could be raised from the dead. God, I thank you that we don't have to have it figured out before we come to you. But all we need to realize is that without you, we are lost. We're broken people. Jesus, we are sinners that need saving. And if we ask you right now, if we simply say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Wash me, make me clean. I want to live my life for you. God, you've promised that you would come into our hearts. You've promised that you would begin the transforming work through the power of your Holy Spirit. And so we take you at your word. Jesus, I pray that this Easter will truly be Resurrection Easter for each of us here today. I pray that, believing it's possible, because if you can raise Christ from the dead... Surely you can raise us from the dead too. And so we shed off our sin and we say we want to live for you. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. The one we believe in, the one who saves us. Amen. Thank you. I'm I'm glad that you talked a little bit about bad theology earlier. And this probably isn't what you want to hear, but I what I'm going to do here might be seen as bad theology as some. For some of you might say, "Hey, that's not how you're supposed to do it." As I was getting more of the community elements out back there, I was thinking, you know, there there really is and this will be tough for some of you that grew up more traditional. There is Nothing magical about this right here. Even though it was uh, fresh baked and pressed this morning. And then shipped in a box immediately to us. It's not about the element itself. It's about who we're, we're sharing it with. And you talked about belonging. We belong whether you want to belong or not. Jesus died. He said, I died for you, greatest sinner of all time. Not you specifically, Justin. You're a decent guy. I died for you, though, specifically. Whether you like me or not, whether you accept me or not, I died for you. If you are here as a visitor, as a regular, whatever, and you want to share in the Eucharist, the uh, Lord's Supper, communion with us today. You are more than welcome. I got a whole box of them up here. Raise your hand. I am more than happy to come down and, and serve you. Or Justin. Thank you, Vanna. What this is right here is saying, Jesus, I want to eat with you. Man, if I could do anything in this whole life, I would love to sit down to a meal with Jesus in the flesh. But here's the thing. 
I truly believe, because this is all I have left in life, I truly believe that Jesus is risen. Jesus is God. That He is everywhere. He is everything. All-knowing, all-powerful, all-present. And I, today, want to eat with you as we eat with Jesus. I wish I was one of those disciples who was just just completely bummed out of my mind yesterday, on, on Saturday. As, man, that guy I invested everything in, he's gone, and we're back in the same old boat we were in before. You know they sat around. I don't even know if they had an appetite to eat. But then Jesus showed up, and they ate something together. That had to be the most amazing meal of all time. Now, you don't have to be perfect. Is anybody in here perfect? Ken, put your hand down. Jesus shared with the one who betrayed him. Because Jesus said, Judas, even you belong to me. He said, I love you. So today, whether you feel like you belong or not, if you just will say, Jesus, I would love to eat with you and have you more in my life. Let's eat together. So just a few days ago in the historical timeline, they were sitting down, all sitting on one side of the table, right? And Jesus had the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body broken for you. When you eat this, in the future as well when you eat this, do it in remembrance of me. So let's eat together. And then he had that, that juice, the, the wine, the fruit of the vine, something pretty common they shared together. He said, you guys, you don't really understand it yet, but I'm about to be uh, bled out for you so that you can know that I cover every single transgression that's ever gone on, now and forever. You are mine if you want to be. No one is excluded. There is no one here excluded from the love of Jesus. And he said, now and forever, when you do this, do it together and remember me. So let's drink together. Father, I thank you so much for your your mercy. You have been extremely merciful to me. Father, I thank you for your forgiveness. And I pray that we can truly what it means to belong to you, no matter who we are or who we've been, that you love us and you have given everything for us. And I praise you as you are the only one that offers the gift of eternal life. Thank you for everything, Jesus. Amen. Stand with me. Happy Easter. At our church, we sing our benediction, and so if you know it, sing along, and if you don't, just receive this blessing today. Sing with me. We sing hallelujah, let your kingdom come in our hearts, in our homes. Let your will be done 
As we go in your name, we shout and we proclaim, let your will be done in us. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.